0: You're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan, joined today by Brandon Piller. We're at the TSN Studios on our way back from watching the Belleville Senators suffer a 2-1 loss to the Manitoba Moose. Meanwhile, the big club continued their winning ways. Brady Kachuk was tonight's hero in overtime, and don't look now, but the Ottawa Senators have won 9-14 of after a 2-1 overtime win over the Montreal Canadiens on the road. We get into all the reasons why and more. This is Locked On Senators, your team every day. The day is November 21st pillar and the Ottawa Senators have doubled their season total for road wins in just the last two days.
1: Yeah, the Ottawa Senators they pick up a overtime win in Montreal against Les Habitants and a 4-3 win over the Red Wings over in Detroit. So, Pretty good uh, back-to-backs for the Sens as they get going this season and they continue to look hot. Is this a rebuilding team? I'm not quite so sure.
0: There's too much culture online right now about the Ottawa Senators needing to be terrible and the San Jose Sharks are going to do it for them. We don't need (laughs) both those in the top 10. Let the Sharks keep losing and let these kids experience building a winning culture and the key is that the kids
1: are part of it and they have been in both of these wins, namely... Anthony Duclair. Oh, Ross, every single game, I like Anthony Duclair more and more. We were talking earlier, we both have uh, fresh jerseys that we need names on the back of. Without a doubt, I'm getting an Anthony Duclair jersey, whether they extend him or not. Just the end of last season and what he's been doing so far warrants an extension. But if they don't decide to, if something comes up and they move on from him, he, I'm still going to remember his time here. Because he's just such an explosive player. When you've got that kind of speed and that kind of creativity, all you need is the confidence. And it seems like he finally has confidence from DJ Smith. I mean, just look at the game against the Red Wings, for example. His first goal, he does a great job knocking that puck down with his hand. And the replay is actually really close to being onside, which... (laughs) Of course, there was like four disallowed goals in this game. It was wild. But he knocks the puck down, stays on side, waits for it to settle, and then he sort of comes to a, like a complete stop and then goes side to side on Bernier and beats him with the deke. And I love his celly there. He just kind of gives the shrug like, yeah, not a big deal. Been there, done that. It's the Anthony DeClaire show.
0: Yes, so many chances, the two goals against Detroit, really kind of leading the way for the offense, and just bringing an element of speed that's been so missed. So, love what he's doing, and him and Brady, they keep building more and more chemistry. Brady was one of the other stars, as is Jean-Gabriel Pajot. We seem like we're mentioning him every single episode, and he scored in back-to-back games again.
1: Yeah, Pajot, the Pajot show continues as well. But I want to go back to what you were talking about, Declare and Brady, I hope these guys are line mates for decades. The chemistry these guys have is just incredible. And speaking of their chemistry, uh, they were both involved in each other's goals. On Declare's second goal, he gets uh, on his man one on one. He kind of sidesteps him a little and then sweeps the puck right underneath Bernier. Bernier is not ready for that shot coming so quickly. And then this time, Declare decides to give it a little extra on the celly. He does the old uh, stick twirl and sticks it in the holster. But while Declare is down in the offensive zone, Brady is gathering a bunch of other guys at the benches, making friends like he always does, causing a distraction. And that leaves time and space for Declare to do his thing, and he scores. And then Declare sets him up later on with a burst of speed coming down the wing, throws it to the slot... And, of course, who is there? None other than your boy Brady Kachuk in the slot for the dirty goal. And that pretty much sealed the deal in Detroit. And that was a great win because the Sens, they needed to show that they could beat a team like the Red Wings, kind of two bottom-feeding teams in the Atlantic. And the Sens showed that they're the better team at least that night.
0: It wasn't even close. And if you're looking to tank with the best of them, You need a tank-worthy goalie. And these Ottawa Senators goalies, nah. uh You know this is a goalie-friendly show, but it's not only that. Back-to-back nights here where the Ottawa Senators goalies, first it was Nielsen, then Craig Anderson, each with 35 saves, earning first star of the night, respectively. We'll get into a bit more on that in a moment. But Brady Kachuk, what a star. His seventh goal was the one you were talking about where Duclair found him. His 29th goal. Then he scores his 30th goal of his young NHL career tonight. And the one knock against Brady Kachuk when draft time was around and even past that is does he have elite level speed? We know that he thinks the game at an elite level. We know that he's great in the dirty areas. But does he really have that elite skill where you you just, like with Duclair, you're like, wow, how did he just pull that off? Well, he started that play in overtime behind his net, and he went end-to-end in a hurry.
1: Yeah, and often uh, Brady and even his brother, uh, Matt Kachuk, they definitely aren't uh, praised for their skating abilities. They're praised for uh, the intangibles they bring to the game, uh, their skill, their toughness, their willingness to get in those dirty areas and do what needs to be done. Usually their skating is kind of the one thing where you can kind of look at them and sort of give a knock on, but Brady was chugging along in this play. Uh, there was a replay that kind of isocammed Brady the whole play, and he went end-to-end, just uh, arms pumping, legs giving her, and he beats his man Tatar, and then he, with the puck all alone, he beats Carey Price, not a big deal, five-hole for the OT winner, sending those Montreal fans back home, very, very sad.
0: Nothing wrong with that. How about six <laughs> hits as well for Brady tonight in 19 minutes and 19 seconds of ice time? Um, yeah, that'll do. So you got to love that he brings it at both ends.
1: Yeah, and and that's why we love Brady Kachuk. And it's it's nice that he can show up to a matchup like uh, like this one against the Habs because, as you talked about, the Habs took a guy right before him in Cock and Emmy. They were confident that he was their guy. There were some questions whether Kachuk should have been the Sens guy. I know Ross and I as we we don't like to admit it much, but we were both uh team Zadina when that draft uh, started. Ironically enough, Brady scored uh kind of the game-winning goal against the Red Wings too to ice that one too. So, he's just showing that the Sens made the right pick after all.
0: How important was it for Craig Anderson to
1: have the performance he did tonight? Well, I think for Craig Anderson, this is kind of a different year for him. I would say this is probably the first time in Ottawa that he's really been questioned. I mean, there were some times with Leonard where you weren't really sure, is Anderson going to be the number one guy? They're grooming this new Swedish goaltender to come in and hopefully be the guy. But things didn't work out with Leonard as we know. So Anderson kind of has had a steady hold on this crease since he's been here. And Nielsen is really showing that... He's going to have to up his game if he's going to want to keep that control. And the Sens, they were heavily outshot in this one. I mean, 36-24, to so clearly the Habs were able to get in their zone and pepper Anderson with shots. But as we know with Craig Anderson, I feel like most of the time he's at his best when he's getting tons and tons and tons of pucks on net. I mean, I can relate to that as a goalie. I played... House League goalie uh, for six years for a garbage team with no defense. And some of my best nights were when I was having multiple shots because you really get a feel for the puck. You get in the zone, and you you realize you don't need to rely on your defense. And Anderson, when he gets into 30, 30-plus 30 shots a game, he can get in the zone and shut the door like he did against this Habs team.
0: Craig Anderson, Mark Borowiecki. Jean-Gabriel Pajot, I may be missing one. Am I missing anybody from the 2017 playoff run, or is it just those three left? With with Bobby Ryan as well, of course, but... I think that's it. Well, I mean, Boros having the offensive season of his life, but (laughs) Pajot, I mean, this guy's just on another level. I know we talked about him a bit earlier, but we've got to reach into the stat book here because it's November 20th. It's not like one of those stats where is your six games into the into the month. Jean-Gabriel Pajot has more goals than anybody, and you've seen what Connor McDavid's been doing in Edmonton. I think he's got nine points in his last two games, but Pajot's got one more goal than him. He's got 10 to 9, and you know that when the Montreal Canadiens are in town or you're, he's playing them, he's going to produce. This was his ninth goal in his 20th game against the Canadiens, and that's not even counting the playoffs where he had the famous hat trick.
1: Yeah, and uh, Jean-Gabriel Pajot does a great job when he plays against the Montreal Canadiens. In fact, he has more points against the Habs than any other team with now 13 points in 20 regular season games against the Habs. So clearly he steps things up, maybe has a couple extra chicken parms uh, before his games against the Habs. But Ross, you were talking about the hot November that uh, Pajot has had and how uh, how he's scoring goals in in bunches. But if you look at it for the whole season, I mean obviously the November is a big reason why, but if you just look at goal-scoring leaders in the NHL, he's 5th in the league, in goals, tied for fifth. And look at some of the names he's tied with, Ross. You got James, the real deal, Neil, Pajot, Jack Eichel, Nathan McKinnon, and Brad Marchand, all with 13 goals. I don't. I didn't think I would ever be putting Pajot in a list with those guys when it comes to strictly goals for. but here we are.
0: Here we are, and there's <laughs> going to be a lot of intrigue, of course, as his contract negotiations when and if they do start, what the result is uh, from that point. I mentioned Boro. We have to give him some stick taps because he had an assist again tonight, and he's up to four points his last six games. Nine points on the season. His career high is 11. He's got that twice. One of them was in 52 games, so he's got nine and 22 this season. Him and DeMello have made up a very nice pair.
1: Yeah, and I've said it before. I do like the DeMello-Boro pair, but I really... I really would prefer if they if they if DJ Smith stuck Demello back with Shabbat. I think that combo works best. I think as far as I can remember, we've only seen it the one game uh, last week where they had uh, the D pairing set like that. So, but you know what? Uh Demello and Boro are working well and if it's bringing Boro's game up He's a guy that's going to be around, it seems like, a lot longer. He's kind of becoming a a staple in this Sens locker room. As as It's crazy to say, but he's definitely one of the major veterans in that room. So, you know what? Good for Boro. And if he can add a little offense to his game while keeping that same grittiness, I mean, we talked about in uh, shows past that he's been referred to as the Wayne Gretzky of hitting. So if he can at least keep his hits Up and keep that physical part of his game going while putting some pucks in the back of the net, all the better.
0: One thing that wasn't perfect in this two-game stretch, 0 for 7 on the power play, but they got some good looks, and we thought Logan Brown had his first NHL goal.
1: Oh, Logan Brown. Like, this guy is just so close. Tonight he was quiet. Yeah, tonight he was a lot more quiet, but he had uh, quite the interesting game uh, against the Red Wings. There was that shot, I think it was Fabry, it just snuck through Nielsen, and it's bouncing across the crease, nobody really knows where it is, Logan Brown is right there for it, he kind of swings a stick at it, gets enough of it to change the path of where the puck's going, and for a split second you're like, oh, I saved it, but then he kicks it in, that's tough when you don't have a first NHL career goal, and you're knocking pucks in with your skate into your own net, but then later on, he gets a chance to score his real first NHL goal on the right, on the opposite team for once. That's always good. Puck goes in. The play keeps going on. Logan Brown is telling the ref, Hey, I scored. I just scored my first NHL goal. There's a bunch of confusion. Eventually, the play is blown dead. They look at it on the replay. The puck crossed the line. I tweeted out Logan Brown's first NHL goal. I was stoked. I couldn't believe it. And then it gets called back for goaltender interference. So the poor kid, he's just looking looking to have that memorable moment where he finally gets his first NHL goal, and it's been so close this week. I don't know. I think when he fir- finally gets his real first NHL goal, it's going to be a delayed reaction. I don't think he's going to want to celebrate too much, and I think it'll be one of those where on the bench you see a bunch of the guys uh, kind of chirping him and uh, giving him crap, uh, and you see more of a bench celebration, then one on the ice.
0: Cody Golubev also played in both games. Just a note, I think you mentioned Branstrom may have gotten a puck to the, the hand in, in practice.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure what it was, but what I heard, uh, the reason why he was uh, out against the Red Wings and presumably still out against the Habs was some sort of hand uh, injury in practice.
0: There's a new injury as well. Vladislav Nemesnikov only played 2 minutes and 53 seconds tonight. He took a huge hit from Kale Flurry in the midst of a First period that was dominated by Montreal, 12-3. to They led in the shot totals uh, there in the first period. But with Nemesnikov out, I guess it kind of goes well into talking about the Belleville Senators in case in case Mikel Bodker does not find his way into the Sens lineup. He is healthy and available to the team, but we've seen guys like Max Verono come up when recent guys have gone down. Um, we'll talk about Bobby later on in, in the show as well. But before we do that... Uh, If Nemesnikov can't go, who of this last stretch of games, including I mentioned off the top of the show, tonight's loss to Manitoba Moose, would you think is most ready to step into an NHL role?
1: Well, Ross, uh, when you're on a rebuilding franchise like the Ottawa Senators, there's lots of opportunities for different prospects to get that call up. And there's tons of guys that are hungry for that opportunity. Speaking of hungry, if you're hungry, treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at lockedonpodcast.com slash offers. Now, back to your question, Ross. You were asking who do you think would fill the spot of Nemestikov if he is injured for quite some time with would be pretty likely. I mean, that looked like a rough hit. He fell into the boards really hard there. My first uh, candidate, we talked about it last show. We didn't think he would play another game in an AHL uh, uniform, yet he played uh, last night against the Manitoba Moose, Rudolf Balsers. I mean, this kid came in hot his first game of the year. Even playing hockey, let alone in the AHL, he gets a game time goal and then the OT winner. And then he had another assist tonight. So if I'm the Senators, Rudolph Balzers is my guide that I'm bringing up. Because what does he need to show you in the AHL anymore? As as far as I know, this was originally supposed to just be a conditioning stint. And now he's been here for three games. Uh, Belleville will be on the road on the weekend. The Sens will be back at home against the Rangers. I don't see any reason why they don't call him up and have him in Ottawa for that game against New York.
0: I'll go a different direction. I do like Rudy Balster's game, but um, if they want more than three games of sample size out of him, Every time Vitaly Abramov is on the ice, something happens in the offensive zone. I just think he's a magician with the puck. He's only going to get better and better as he gets more comfortable. Being a a smaller guy in stature, he does take a few big hits. He did that tonight. Uh, A couple of the moose got a good lick on him uh, in the corner, but he's resilient. He went right to the front of the net on that same play and tried to make something happen. He has two NHL games under his belt this year, has found the score sheet, so I'd like to see him get another opportunity, if not Balser's.
1: Yeah, and uh, Abramov is a guy that I definitely have kind of been keeping my eye on for that call up to the show as well. But I think maybe for him, it's a situation where he, you said it, you said it yourself, he's a high skill guy. He he's found ways to put the puck in the back of the net. But if he comes to the Senators, he's going to be on a fourth line role. He's only going to be playing maybe seven or eight minutes. He's not going to get those same offensive chances. And with uh, Vitaly Abramov, I find that if he's not really sparking offensively, he doesn't he doesn't do a lot defensively or away from the puck that really warrants a spot for for him to be successful playing only seven or eight minutes in the NHL. So I don't mind keeping him in Belleville and keep him uh, in an offensive role where he can still build confidence and work on other parts of his game. While you get guys like, even though Max Verano wouldn't have been my first choice, but he was doing a lot of the little things right in Belleville, it seemed, and uh, the the coaching staff obviously liked what they saw and thought that he was the right man to call up. But I think uh, Abramov's having a great season, and I wouldn't be shocked if uh, near the end of the year, once some pieces get moved at the deadline, that he's one of those guys that ends up playing 20 or more games uh, at the tail end of the season up in Ottawa.
0: Yeah, well said. Um tonight also I mean I don't think he's gonna get called up anytime soon, but Josh Norris impressed me every shift that he plays. Yep. He's uh, up there on the I would call it the top line with uh Drake Batherson Definitely. and Rudy Balzers, although a, an AHL coach might tell you that Swars with Formanton and Carcone, um, they were kind of that's the top six, whichever way you want to look at it. Uh in the game tonight against Manitoba Moose. Yeah, they're on the road for two this weekend. They need better starts. They were down 2-0 before, uh, I mean, half the crowd got to their seats. So uh, that's something for Belleville to work at. But they were the better team tonight, just like Montreal dominated the shot clock. I think you mentioned 36-17. It was the opposite in Belleville.
1: Yeah, and we talked about it on uh, on the ride home. This was a game that the Belleville Senators could and should oh, have won. Drake
0: hit the crossbar in the third period on a, on a late power play.
1: He looks skyward so quickly. That's one he knows he's got to have, and that would have tied it up at two. And uh, the Sens, uh, the Belleville Sens at least, have had some pretty good success in overtime, so they wouldn't have minded sending that to an extra frame. But the real reason the Senators didn't win this game was the amazing play of uh, Mikel Burden. And I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but he's the goalie prospect for the Manitoba Moose. He had so many 10 Bell saves. He even stopped uh, Belleville's captain, Formanton and Swars, were on a 2 on 0 and he comes up with the save. Like the Belleville just couldn't buy a goal on this guy and they were really dominating most of the game. And this is a Manitoba Moves team that coming into this game had won six straight. So they'd been absolutely on fire. And now that moves to seven straight with a 2 1 win against Belleville. And if you're Belleville, you know, you're, you're upset that you didn't get the two points, but it's a real turn, uh, turn of the page because you're proving that you are the AHL powerhouse team that people expected you to be, and you can compete with the better teams in the league. So although you don't get the two points, I think this is a game you can look on with pride if you're the Senators and build on. And
0: how weird was it when... Michael Burdine's pad blew off his leg. That
1: was so weird. Yeah, it was kind of like, uh, I i forget who was on that chance, but uh, he kind of clipped his pad, and then his whole pad just busted off. It was a yard sale uh, for his pad there. I've never seen pads that come off that quickly. I mean, some goalies these days, they like to have their pads strapped up pretty much barely hanging on, but that thing just fell right off, which has got to be kind of scary with you you're uh expected to stop pucks coming at you at ninety plus miles per hour and your pads hanging on by Velcro and can be easily swiped off by just some contact. So luckily he smothered that puck and the play was over, but geez, that was that was a weird one.
0: Burden definitely the number one star in tonight's Belleville Senators two one loss. He had he's got a nine thirty save percentage on the year. This kid is is pretty wild. He's a good quote, too. He got in a scuffle with Jordan Nolan. Uh, if you just type his name in on uh, Twitter, you can find it. It's uh, pretty funny. Very direct, Th- those Russians always are. Anything else you want to add here, Pillar? It's getting pretty late.
1: Uh, yeah, the the only thing I think that we need to mention, uh, other than this, is uh, what's going on with Bobby Ryan. Yeah, it's
0: very unfortunate. I mean, the details are are few and far between, and out of respect, I think, that that's what we'll always know is just that the NHL and the NHLPA have a joint program for uh, player assistance, uh, and Bobby Ryan has entered it, so he'll be out indefinitely and away from the team. So our thoughts and uh, well wishes are to the Bobby Ryan family. I know he takes a lot of heat there with the performance versus contract, but doesn't kind of you know change the kind of guy he is, and pff, there's more to life than hockey, so we hope he gets the uh, the help he needs.
1: Yeah, big time uh prayers up for Bobby because as Ross said, we're not going to speculate on what happened. We really don't we don't know what the situation is and it really doesn't matter whatever the case is. We just hope all the best for Bobby Ryan because like you said, it's it's a tough case of uh performance versus contract that really it's it gets kind of ugly and a little bit awkward and especially it must be tough for a guy who's had As much success as Bobby Ryan has had in his NHL career, I mean, you think of his days with the Ducks; he was scoring 30 goals at a consistent pace. And now he's on a rebuilding team, and he's a healthy scratch. And I think the worst part of it all, Ross, is that the team seemed to be humming along without him, which has got to really be a tough, uh, tough point of pride for a veteran like Bobby. But we hope all the best for him and. Nothing would make me more happy than if Bobby Ryan can play for the Ottawa Senators, maintain his health because he's had so many problems with his hands and put up 40, 50 points and just just become that fan favorite that he was in that great playoff run uh, when they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. So all the best for Bobby and hope to see him back soon.
0: One other news and notes, Lassie Thompson, the Senators' first-round pick, 19th overall this past draft. He was back in the lineup for Ilves uh, in the Finnish Elite League. Missed the past month. Couldn't find exactly what the injury was. Uh, but the 18-year-old has three goals and six points through 15 games. Good to see him back in the lineup here. Well in time um, to as he's projected to make Team Finland uh, coming into the World Juniors this season. Always a fun time of year. So just one more game to wrap up the week for the Ottawa Senators at home against the New York Rangers. We're still without Mika Zibanejad while the Belleville Sens are on the road for two this weekend beginning in Binghamton on Friday. Chris Parliament and I will get you set for those Friday morning. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. You can find us on Twitter at Sens Central. If you'd like to be featured, sponsored on the show, please email us at rosslevitan at gmail.com. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast. Your team, every day.